0: Talk Recorded live. Hi everyone, this is Nancy with Living Relationships God's Way. This is episode number three and our title tonight is Vulnerability in the book of Esther, we'll be looking at the book of Esther, and this is part two of looking at the word vulnerability. That's that big word that all of us keep trying to to say and get it out, and we'll use all kinds of other words instead of that word. But before we step into uh, talking about the book of Esther, let's do just a little bit of information here. Uh, this is Living Relationships God's Way. It is from Topics. On on the relationships of the heart which is focused on simply living relationships God's way at any time if you ever have any questions or comments please be sure to email me at relationships with at gmail.com. I'm always open to dialogue but there is something I ask of you my listeners and those who contact me you may hear me say this on my YouTube channel or anywhere else that you hear me now and then I drop this a little rule that I have in. I love to dialogue. I love to chat with you back and forth. Um, But there is something that I ask of you, even if we are on the opposite ends of agreement of something. Maybe I am really strong in one area that I say, this is what I stand on, and you're in another area. um, Well, let's just say that same topic, and you're on the opposite end of this. I'm still open to dialoguing with you, but please, I ask one thing of you, and that is to dialogue with me with respect, okay? So thank you uh, for joining us tonight on Living Relationships God's Way. I want to welcome you and thank you for joining us uh, tonight. First, before we move into Esther, I'm going to move back just a little bit. If you're listening to us on Talk Shoe and you go and look at our episodes look at episode one and listen in there, and that will explain a little bit more about living relationships God's way and how it fits in with the topic of relationships of the heart. This week we are on part two, looking at the word vulnerability. Uh, If you'd like to listen to the first part, go back to episode two. And on episode two, we discuss Elijah, and we look at his life on this same topic. So tonight, we're on episode three. Just as a reminder, if you're listening on TalkShoe.com, you can go to TalkShoe.com and place in the search bar living relationships God's way and that should bring up my page if you have a problem there sometimes you can go to Google and just place it in there and you'll be able to see the link so also this is on iTunes you may be listening to us in the past episodes on iTunes or also on YouTube or you found us on Twitter so please remember if you have any questions to get in contact with me if you're listening to this in an area that's not on top talk- TalkShoe. If you go to my page on TalkShoe and you're interested in downloading anything that we're chatting about or teaching or if we're interviewing someone, you are able to download each episode or even listen right on the page. So once again, thank you for joining us. I'm going to go back a little bit before we get into the book of Esther. And as I always repeat, if we're looking at a word I'm a person that always loved word studies. When I was in school, I was the person that when we were in a class and we were asked to do uh, to write a paper uh, and study a word, uh, there were people that they were these were adults; they would just groan because they couldn't figure out how to write say a two page paper using one word. But for me, there was something i I just love words, whether I am writing them, I find them fascinating. so at one time, I wrote on the word "grace," and unknowingly. Uh, You know, we throw that word around as Christians, the word grace, but when I started to write the paper and it was too late to pick another one because we had a list that we had to choose what our topics were, and um, I'm thinking this is really easy, and I got into that word and knowing how in the world am I going to take this word and explain it in two pages, including illustrations and stories from my life. And that was a real challenge. And that's what I'm finding out as we look at the word of vulnerability. Uh, that sounds like a simple word, but the definition is capable of being physically Or emotionally wounded, open to attack or damage, assailable, to attack violently with blows or words, being in a situation where one is likely to meet with harm, taking a chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share what is in our heart. Okay, and last week we camped out on this part of the definition taking a chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share what is in our heart. That's not easy, is it? Can you recall as you're listening to me, as I uh, give you this definition, can you recall a time in your life that you decided to take a chance and share something with someone? I mean, you were going into the emotional area of your life and as you shared whatever this topic was or maybe you were just in a conversation with someone and it just headed this way and you became vulnerable, you became very transparent and as you were done sharing what you had to say, the person on the other side just blew up and is what we call it here in the United States, the conversation went south which means it was not good you had shared what was important to you in your heart and it turned into a problem you know not long ago i unexpectedly walked in such a situation now i'm around people all the time so if you're a person that you are out there with the public or maybe it's your job that you hold down or a school that you're in, no matter what your age is, maybe it's your church. These things are going to happen. They're not just common to me. And so I decided uh, to share something with a person and it dealt with uh, the ministry on the Relationship Conference. Now, the Relationship of the Heart Conference is about relationships. So the biggest challenge for me is to live what I teach. And so I really try to do that. And so I'm in a conversation with a person, and the reason I'm in it is because I felt that God was leading me to just go over and ask a question. And all the question was to find out if they read something that, that I had sent to them that deals with some of my travels. Unfortunately, uh, when I did that, Um, I wasn't prepared for this, that little sentence, that little question turned the conversation into a longer conversation, which by the time it came to the end, I was feeling disrespected and I was feeling like, okay, what I do is not important. And there were just some things that was said. Now, that's not, I'm not calling this an offense. You know, offense, I need to go to this this person. Um, it was just a conversation that took place. And when it was finished, I mean, we parted and everything was okay. But the hard part is, and this is where I have grown in this area, and many people um, need to grow in this area. The hard part was I decided as the conversation went on, to become vulnerable. And it didn't turn out in the way that, uh, well, what my expectations were, what would happen in this conversation. But I walked away. There was nothing to forgive. It just didn't turn out that way. We both had something to say, and we said it. But we're talking about that word vulnerable tonight. I took a chance to become emotionally hurt as I shared something that's important to me. Um, this is a conference that I've worked on for a long time, and so I felt that those were my feelings. They're, they're, um, because they're feelings, it doesn't mean uh, I understood correctly everything that was being said, but that's what I was feeling. But I also chose, I have a lot that's going on. When I became vulnerable, you know, I need to move on and not let that turn into a bitter root or turn into forgiveness. Or an unforgive, I should say, turn into an unforgiving attitude in our hearts. So this is that word, being vulnerable with other people. So tonight we're looking at the book of Esther. If you have your Bible or you're online, you can go to uh, BibleGateway.com, or maybe you have another uh, favorite. Site that you use to read your Bible or an app, or maybe you just like to get out your hard copy. Um, I am going to suggest, though, I'm not going through the whole book of Esther because it's what we're going to look at tonight. It's just a very small part of the book of Esther. I'm not even going to go through a whole summary of what the book of Esther is about because it's what I would like you to do. Um, maybe you're curious out of curiosity, maybe you need a refresher in this area, is when this is over, um, go to your Bible and look at the book of Esther and begin to read it so you can begin to understand how what I am talking about tonight will fit in with the other areas. Um, The book of Esther is uh, what we call narrative history. Uh, Narrative history means we are... This is a book that is telling a story. Okay, and because we as Christians believe, and it says in God's word, that the word of God is alive and active and as a word that is, is ooh, excuse me, that is for today and that it is also the word of God that was written by God, that this is not a fiction fictitious story. When we look at the definition of a narrative, um, it defines it as a, a true story or also a fictitious story. Well, we're looking at the Bible today and as Christians we believe this is a true story. This is really something that happened. Just a little side note here, Esther is a book that's been, been debated by people. You can look into some background and there are some scholars out there that even wonder if it is a book that should be in in the Bible, well, we're standing on it is in our Bible today, and so we are looking at this as the narrative that is true, not fictitious. So now we're going to take a a jump here in the Book of Esther. You know, Esther became queen. She replaced someone else. She replaced what many call a disobedient queen because the king called her to appear before, I will just call it this way, in today's language, a crowd of men. And they had been partying and they had been drinking and she refused to come. Now, there are two ways that I have heard this explained. One, um, I've seen it used as a teaching point of Esther was wrong. She was, this is an example of disobedience of what happened. She was banished from the kingdom and they threw her out. But I step into the other side of, because culture was different during that time, especially for women, that she decided Yes, in that era, that was called disobedience, but she was not going to appear and stand there before these drunken men and this party so they could all look at her and because she stood on what she believed in and was no longer going to do, she was. Now, those are the two sides of the coin. That's the one thing about the Bible. As we read it, uh, people will pull things out of it, and and what they see is a way of uh, teaching, and also that is a personal view. Uh, But tonight, we're looking at the word vulnerability, and we're going to look at Esther. Okay, so Esther replaced Vashti, who was... My words, she was just thrown out. Okay, we're done with you. You don't want to appear. It's time for you to just go. And she had no choice. And as you can read, uh, begin in Chapter 1 and kind of read, let's see, I'll just have you read on your own up to Esther Three, chapter 3. Um, and there you will be able to see that entire account and understand uh, more of what is going on and how Esther ended up in this position of being queen and how she was chosen. But in Chapter 4, here's where we're going to, to look tonight. In Chapter 4, we see that Mordecai is sitting at the gate. And in verse 1, we read, When Mordecai learned what had been done, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and went out into the city, crying with a loud and bitter wail. Verse 2, He stood outside the gate of the palace, for no one was allowed to enter while wearing clothes of mourning. And as news of the king's decree reached all the provinces, there was great mourning among the Jews. They fasted, wept, and wailed, and many people lay in sackcloth and ashes. So this is what we see is what's going on. And so when Queen Esther's maids and eunuchs came, they came. They saw what was going on, and they came to her and told her what was going on. And so it's what she did. She sent the king's eunuch to find out what's going on. What is all this about? And so she ordered, now she is in her position and she is she's going to step into some vulnerability here because let me add this to we'll add this ahead of time. In the court, the king, he does not know that Esther is a Jew and now this issue is going on that she is told what is going on and why this mourning is happening, and she has a decision to make. But first, think of this. If we are not vulnerable, that means we're trying to, usually we will, we'll try to cover something up, or not really maybe cover it, just not... Speak it. That's my grandma used to call it, is speak it in her language. She spoke Hungarian, so she would say, Well, today I don't desire to speak it. And I remember saying, What don't you desire to speak? And she'd say, I don't desire to speak English. I don't desire to speak it. So, if someone were to see her walking along, and they were talking to her, or mainly if she was at home and we showed up, her and my grandfather were talking Hungarian to each other, and it was probably a private conversation. So we didn't speak Hungarian, and we didn't understand it. So they were covering up that conversation. Does that mean that's wrong? No, but I'm just kind of using that as a a metaphor. Excuse me, a metaphor for being vulnerable. For instance. Um, After Esther found out that Mordecai was mourning, because she came from this background, so she understood, okay, this is serious. What did she do? She sent clothing to him to replace the sackcloth. But he refused it. So as what he was doing during that time. I'm guessing the other people around, they would have seen this before. This was a Jewish way of reacting as they were mourning. People would see it. It wasn't hidden. Mordecai was out there. He was upset. Everyone could see it. But Esther is trying to cover him up. But he refuses. He is staying out out in the open have you ever had a time in your life maybe there was something going on in in your life and maybe you're in a conversation with two or three people and you have shared something with someone but that isn't for the whole group that was just something that's private and all of a sudden someone in this group it could be three four five someone in this group says hey we'll just use my name okay hey Nancy um don't you remember when you said ABC and, and this is how you felt, and they began to say how you felt because you told them how you felt, but now you are exposed instead of just with one person being vulnerable, now you are with a group of people and being vulnerable. And so it's what Esther is seeing here in plain sight, not at home, not hidden, Mordecai, is showing it all. He is showing his pain. He is showing his 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 grief. He is showing his struggle. And when they are mourning, back back in uh, let's see, let me go back here, verse one. Um, I'm using the ni NIV version. It says, "He tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes, and he went out into the city. Listen to this, crying with a loud and bitter." well that is vulnerable can you imagine where you live whatever country you live in whatever land you live in whatever language that you speak can you imagine yourself going outside say something just drastic happens and you are in a big city and you just walk out in the street and you're in the street amongst a whole lot of people and you just start wailing like what i read here you just start wailing you just start crying you just start that's vulnerable Because there are some areas, it depends on what culture you are in, uh, that is not permissible. Uh, You just may look like there's some places in the United States they would probably literally come and get you. They would call the police because it looks like that person is flipping out and take them in and make sure you are examined in the mental, emotional area of your life because you would be seen as uh, that person just lost it in the public they may be dangerous or maybe they're just going over the edge. So think of Mordecai like that as he is at the gate. There are people around. He's not hidden. He is being vulnerable. But now let's look at Esther after she tries to uh, cover him up with clothing so people aren't seeing this. Just maybe, have you ever thought of this if you've read the book of Esther? Have you ever thought that as she's, covering wants him covered up it's also because if she doesn't it may expose to the king who she is that she is jewish that she is now under the roof of the palace she is now known by the people in the kingdom as queen esther and she has this really big secret under there of her life which is during that time Today, that wouldn't matter, especially in the United States. But during that time, that would have changed opinions of her in the palace And because now she has had the respect of other people around her. So her covering up of Mordecai doesn't work. So as she sends someone to get uh, what's going on, is what she finds out is through another person, not directly to Esther, but Mordecai becomes vulnerable and tells the whole story to someone to take the message to Esther. Now, can you imagine the spot, the position Esther is now in position, and now she has a decision to make. She can't put it off. Mordecai's not hidden. She knows what is going on. This is hard to look at sometimes, the word vulnerability, even in our life today, because it's the definition, emotionally hurt, a chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share what is in our heart. But for Esther, that's a little bit deeper, because her crown is riding on this, and not only her crown, but her people. And what Mordecai decides to do. I call it today. We, we would call this here in the United States. I know people listen to me uh, from other countries also. So some of the things that I may share um, may not resonate with you. They they may not make any sense. Um, but but here is what I will call it. Is uh, Mordecai was really pushing? He was pushing on her. He was pushing on her to do what he wanted her to do. She needed to save her people. Now, I'm going to jump around here a little bit because I want to camp out on Esther without going through the entire narrative here, the entire story. But there came a point in the book of Esther when Mordecai pushed her to go to the king, to go to the king to get some help to save the Jews, which would mean Esther would be exposing herself. She would be making herself vulnerable. Now, let's go back to our definition again on vulnerable. Um, The first part of this definition, before we get to the heart part, um, it was in parentheses. It says to attack violently with blows or words. Now, Esther lived in a time when she could be attacked violently because she was not to approach the king Without permission, but after she asked other people to pray and to fast, she decided to approach him. Now, now I'm going to take a really big jump here. Is after Esther walked through this the the morning of Mordecai that pub public that everyone saw? He hung it all out there, and now Esther is trying to decide in, in fasting if she is to go to the king, and she goes to the king, and he grants her request. And, and uh, just as a reminder, when you have time, go and read the entire book of Esther uh, to explain it, because I just want to camp out, as I said previously, on the book or on the word vulnerability. And there's something I keep saying. I said this in uh, episode two and now I'm saying this in episode three. That is a tough word. I've been in many situations in in my my life. Uh, For instance, uh, many, if you've listened to me in the past, at one time I was a sales consultant, and I was a sales consultant for many years. And, and this story just came to my mind. This is from long ago, and I had been a, a sales rep very long. I think I was in like my I was in my late 20s, and I worked for a company where I had a a company vehicle, and I just loved working for this company. And as I look back now, um, is why I loved working for this company is because. Um, they treated every one of us respectfully. I was a sales consultant, but I wasn't treated with any more importance than the person that was in our um, warehouse who uh, checked in the products that came in by the door Uh, and washed our vans and cleaned the floor and the warehouse. And sometimes he would even talk to customers, but he would put, we sold furniture that was part of what we did, but he would even put the furniture together. Um, But we were all, we were all important. But I remember a day, uh, we had this bay that we would back our vehicles in, and that's where we would load, we would load our vehicles. And we were responsible for loading our own vehicles with product um unless for me unless it was too heavy and then I would get some help and someone would help me load it in into my my vehicle but I remember this particular day, I had this box, and usually is what we were supposed to do on Friday. We had a certain way of doing things. On Friday, we weren't on the road. We were to be on the inside. And the reason for that was not just to talk to customers, but because we're inside, everyone who works there is inside on one day. And so it's what we were able to do throughout the day as we did our work and called customers and followed up on things. We were communicating with each other. Like I would have a list, for instance, if I needed to talk to the customer service department or the purchasing department. And so we were—we could call that community. Uh, but I remember going out to my van one day, and my my boss was sitting there, and I—I I just walked him. He just—he never never yelled, um, but he's going through this box and he pulled out these little booklets, and he turned around and he looked at me, and they're in his hand, and he said. Why are these in here? And I remember thinking, oh, "This really falls under being vulnerable. I was stuck being vulnerable. I was, I was going to be forced to be vulnerable." And he said it again, I just stood there, why are these in here? And so I started making this excuse, and it's what they were. They were promotion items that we gave to certain schools. And so I was to go to each school, and even if they weren't one of my accounts, and I was to drop them off. Um, and it's what they were. They were the sports schedules for our areas. Um, but at that time in my life, I didn't think those were important. Um, but where they were to go, they were important. They were even marked and they had a little sticky on the on the front. But to me, they weren't. And so I had no other answer to say, I can't remember if I said this, but it was probably to this effect. Well, I, I just didn't have the time. And as I even think of it now, um, I think of that that caused me that forced me to be vulnerable because i was stuck in that spot so have you ever been stuck in your life where maybe it's your your husband uh or your wife and you're in a conversation and uh one person Asks the other something, and you just kind of shrug it off, and they ask you again, and all of a sudden you think, "Man, this is this is really hurting. I really don't want to talk about this right now. This, this is this, this is I, I'm not comfortable." With this. Now, it's not that you're not saying, I'm not comfortable with this, but you're feeling that on the inside. And sometimes, because we're not vulnerable, I believe this, we can uh, turn things into arguments that should not exist. For instance, Esther, I believe Esther, Esther was under big time pressure here. She is the queen. Mordecai's making all this noise. She is asked, Maybe, just maybe, were you put in this position for such a time as this, meaning that for such a time as this, it's time for her to speak up, according to everyone else. Dan, she did. She did speak up. And once again, you can go in the book of Esther and, and, and look at this. Uh as what ended up in the end, we read that the Jews were saved, but she became vulnerable, and that is a big-time vulnerable. That's different than if you or I were to get in an argument, and you were to ask me something, and I think, oh, I don't want to tell that. Or, for instance, someone was working on something for me uh, today, and it required me to give a lot of personal information about myself Uh And so that can also fall underneath the word vulnerability. But for Esther, this was a life and death situation. But I believe today also the word vulnerability can be part of a healing word. It's not always a physical life and death situation like we look at Esther here um, where she was. I call it she was. Up. she needed to make a decision it was to do nothing and possibly see the Jews die and and be killed and then if they found out later that she that's what she was the same thing would happen to her that's big and sometimes I believe when we look at the book of Esther as this narrative as a story we read through it and we even see the movie I've watched the movie and there are parts in that the movie um, that they just show it is just it's it's really beautiful, you know, um, and it does show parts that are are dangerous, but it really, really glorifies it. Um, and when this happened, I really don't believe she she was happy about that. I wouldn't be happy, would you? Uh, you have a really big decision to make where it's not the same thing as me. Once again, I say me giving information. But, you know, we all have. Let's go into today's world now. We all have ways that we struggle with vulnerability. We all may have ways that uh, if someone asks a question, a personal question, say you're in a conversation with someone really close or you're, you're getting to know them and they say, you know, it's not even anything they heard. It's just something they're curious about. And they ask you. And we is what I believe. For in a close relationship with someone, even if we're uncomfortable, sometimes that's a sign not that we should not speak, that we should speak. And that just maybe if we became more vulnerable in our close relationships with people, we would become. Closer now. I'm going to do a, a, a little disclaimer on the end of this. I call this. If I was writing something to you, I I may put a little heading on it, or I would put it in parentheses. So consider this my my parentheses speaking. There are times that we should not be vulnerable, meaning share everything that is in our heart with someone. That we knew we must be discerning, um for instance, you know, I have a, a few people that uh, I am aware of that they really have a problem with gossip um in fact, one looked at me and said, "This is like over a year ago, and looked at me and said, "I'm doing better now, but you know one of my big struggles was the gossip well, is what I felt. The Lord was using that to tell me, uh, be careful here. Be careful here what you say. So does it mean that I don't talk to the person? No. It just means what I may share with someone that's very, very close to me that is proven to be, really proven to be trusted. She would not be the person that I would share it with. So for each one of us is what we must do, and that takes wisdom and discernment. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and God's word, it tells us in the area of wisdom to ask him for wisdom and he may, he will, I should say not may, he will give it to us. Just ask and he will give you wisdom. In the area of vulnerability, maybe you are someone's Talking to you, and you're in a conversation with them, and uh, they ask you a question. Okay, and as we look at this definition of taking the chance of being emotionally hurt by being willing to share what is in your heart, and you're not sure if you should share that, it's good to wait a second. Ask ask the Lord. You can do that even in your head. Ask Him for wisdom and some time. Have you ever heard when we call it a check in our spirit? We just know, you know, I should I shouldn't. shouldn't share that. Does it mean the person is a gossip? Sometimes we don't even know what that means. It just means the Holy Spirit, the Lord is prompting us. That is something that shouldn't be shared. For instance, I'm usually pretty vulnerable on my calls and in my writing, and we could also equate this with being transparent. I'm pretty transparent in areas, but there are certain times that I don't share all things, and especially in areas of um, protecting other people. Because I'm a person that people come to me with their stories or with their struggles or with their their hurts. They are people that I may know very well and they may be people that I don't know very well. But they are trusting me with their heart. In reverse, they are being vulnerable with me. And I believe God calls me to be faithful when someone comes to me with their heart is open and they're sharing their struggle and they are being vulnerable that I must guard against sharing, like for instance with you right now. um, Last week someone was going through something and I'm listening to them. They were very vulnerable with me, which means they placed themselves in a position that they are open to being emotionally wounded. But guess what? They were vulnerable with me, but you're not going to hear that from me tonight. So that is a really big word, and I know I've given you a really big kind of overview here. And for that reason, you'll hear me say this often, is because it's what I'd like you to do in your own time is to go into the book of Esther. It's not very long. It's not very many chapters, Um, but specifically look for how, not just Esther, but how the other people in the book of Esther are vulnerable. You know, when we look at Haman, okay, I'm not going to go into the details about Haman, but we would call him the evil guy, okay? Haman was the evil guy. Um, he did a lot of cover-up. He, he wasn't vulnerable with people out there. He kept everything covered, and it's why he did. He kept it covered because he was doing things that, were dangerous. So that's my challenge for you this evening is to get into the book of Esther and look at the word vulnerable. Take this definition that I gave you, look it up for yourself, write it down somewhere, pull it up on, on Google, whatever device you're using. Um, if you're just using pen and paper, then look it up in the dictionary and write it down and put it next to you and begin to read the book. Of Esther. And it's what I believe because the word of God is alive and active. It may bring to your mind and your heart something that comes up as you're reading that has nothing to do with what I'm sharing tonight with you. It's something from your life that bubbles up. Now I'm going to end with this this evening. Uh, this is a little bit different but this is something that just came came to my mind to maybe take this a step further. As you are studying and looking at the vulnerability of the people within the book of Esther, and then start thinking about your own life, and it brings something to surface. And if that surface, it may be coming to surface, you know, something that just kind of slowly bubbles up. It doesn't like slap you in the face, but it just bubbles up. And as it bubbles up, it may be the word unforgiveness. Maybe you were listening to me now and you were vulnerable with someone and they really hurt you men and women I know what that is like I had to walk through this word and this is my word that I believe yep that's me the word person is forgiveness there was a time in my life that I had someone that um, and it dealt with my ministry and uh, it it just it blew me away that someone would go to someone else to some length it was someone who hated me that I did not know that they hated me and I had opened up a whole lot of things from my past and and that was fine but then later a year later something came up and they didn't take all that information and violate confidentiality, but there were things that were said about me to someone else. So that someone else came to me and let me know to be careful. It was not a gossip thing. They were just out to protect me. And I still respect that person for that day or from this day, that day forward. But the word that comes to my mind is what had to happen with me is to forget. Did I talk to the person? Yes, I went to the person because he had offended me and God's word says go to the person if they offended you. And so I went to the person that offended me and but then also when I walked away and that conversation was over there was a part that I needed to do. I was vulnerable in two ways. I was vulnerable long before that when I shared the struggles in my life and I was vulnerable in a different way going to the person after they had trashed me. And then when I walked away though there was a third step and that third step is and it's in God's word is to forgive that I am to forgive because is what that forgiveness does that is for me it keeps me from getting bitter now just because I'm bringing up that story now doesn't mean that I didn't forgive That's okay, but I did learn a lesson. I do not know, I don't know to this day. um, I don't see the person anymore, and people do change. God transforms us from day to day, from moment to moment, that myself, um, not this in this area, but other areas of my life as God has matured me and the Holy Spirit has worked through me and I've been around other community and other people and we sharpen each other and the Holy Spirit convicts me of things. You need to lay this down. You need to not act like this anymore. Uh, you need to change that. I mean, we're talking a, a whole span of years here. People that do the damage to us, we must remember also that they are transformed from day to day. And when that time comes and maybe we're connected again with them and we see that they have changed, that's where we need to step into it and extend grace. So I know I got off a little bit off of Esther, but I really feel that's the word the Lord wants me to share with you tonight. is to remember when we have become vulnerable with someone and then the hurt begins, something happens, whatever that may be, that we are to forgive. Because there is one thing about this living relationship, God's way, and the Relationship of the Heart conferences, it's about relationships. And relationships are hard. I can't, Think of a time when I have not been in relationships with people. I have the opposite problem. I had to learn boundaries so I'm not in as many relationships as I used to be. Does that mean I'm unhealthy? Does that mean I backed off because I'm hurting? No. It just means all of us can only have room for so many people really close with us in our lives. So living relationships God's way is about relationships and, and working through them. And, and, and believe me, with me doing this, and especially I wrote the conference myself and it's been evolving for years, the challenge for me is, okay, you are sharing this information. You're in conversations with other people. Now you need to walk through this. So the word vulnerability came from the Relationships of the Heart Conference, there's a section in there in a worksheet that we look at that word vulnerability. So it's what I did as I was putting it together and making my copies, I challenged myself and I felt the Lord saying on, um, in different areas, whether it's on talk show or writing, that this is a word today in this season that it's time for us to begin talking about that word and it's time for us to begin applying this to our life so I am open to any questions please be sure to email me at relationshipswithnancy@gmail.com, at gmail.com and we'll be back next week with episode 4, I'm not sure what our topic will be next week, we will be leaving the word vulnerability behind and moving into something else but as soon as I have what that is is what will happen is episode 4 will show on the talk shoe page, it'll show the date, it'll show the time and it'll show with the title so i want to thank you for uh clicking in whether you're clicking in you're in past episodes you downloaded this somewhere i just like to tell you thank you for uh joining us this evening and i hope there is some way whether in your relationship uh whether it's a close relationship a work relationship a new relationship a marriage relationship, your children, whatever that may be. I hope this word that I shared with you tonight will somehow speak to you and the Holy Spirit, God will use it to change your life. So once again, you can get in touch with me at relationshipswithnancy at gmail.com. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?